the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet is what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets with Sean, Ryan, and Kobe over at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. And make sure to listen to our listener survey for a chance to win a $100 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survey. I'm just about that action, boss. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real, villain, real, real, Furman Jr. here at your service. And we are taking an early look at win totals for the NFL. Got my guy Scott Studio Russia with me. Scott, what's going on? Yeah, nothing much. Looking forward to going through the win totals here for the show. No, it's a bit of a weird time to talk about football because you had the start of baseball. You got basketball, of course, which the regular season's winding down, in, and then you also have hockey, and that playoff's going to start in a couple weeks as well. But it's never too early to talk about football. So let's talk about some win totals. All right. I mean, I'm ready to get into it. We can start with, start with the AFC. Sure, why not? We'll start with the AFC and looking at NFL win totals here. I'm gonna let you just go first and just give me one that automatically caught your eye in the NFC. AFC, I mean. All right. Uh so the first one that I'm gonna talk about, I'm not even sure if this can this isn't exactly gonna count as a best bet, but I do at least want to talk about it. I find it fascinating that the Jets are nine and a half and they haven't acquired Aaron Rodgers yet. Don't you think it's a little bit weird that they're already minus one thirty and they haven't officially address their quarterback issue yet? Or are we just automatically assuming that Rodgers is going there? Don't even bother worrying about it. I mean, Rodgers said he's going. Like, he they said, said he's going to, but I'm just saying, is if right now yeah. we're still sitting here and he's still technically on Green Bay. Yeah, but I mean, for the most, I, you, I think it's a slippery slope because you can't, you just, you got to go off the word of the player rather than say what the situation is now, because the word of the player is that, Hey, they're going to figure out a trade and I'm going to, and I intend on playing there. I'm not playing another game. Excuse me. I'm not playing another game for green Bay. Cause if you set that line where it probably should be at like five and a half, six and a half, you're going to get killed. Yeah. I was just wondering because you said, what caught my eye first. And of course, being a fan of the team, I did find it weird that, it's already adjusted to Rodgers claiming verbally he's going to go there. And then on top of that, if he does officially sign or gets traded there, I should say, does this line move to 10 and a half or does it stay the exact same spot that it's in now? I think it's, I think it's baked in. There's no way this, this line it has is to be baked in. I'm just wondering, would it even move at all? Or would it just stay at minus 139 and a half if Rodgers... Well, I think it'll move. I think it'll, it'll definitely move after the draft, and you see how their draft goes. Like, it's already at juiced at minus 130 at nine and a half. It's definitely going to move to 10 and a half at some point. Like, that's going to happen, just because we're so, so easy. What is this? March? We're still in March, technically. Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely going to move at some point, especially after the draft happens. Some more free agency signings, probably, you know. Odell like, might be going there. Yeah, like, oh, it's a whole bunch of things that could change, and it probably move this up. I, I'm not baked. I don't believe the hype. I have to see Aaron Rodgers prove to me he's not washed. Um, 
I just brought it up because you said what caught my eye, and of course, we're still waiting on Rodgers officially. Yeah, you took it literally. I meant what is the first one that you're looking to bet, but you took it very, very literally. I just thought it was worth bringing up because that kind of goes into some of the news points that we've been talking about lately for the last couple weeks. You have the Ravens at eight and a half, and I feel Uh like that's a pretty fascinating line because we're not sure what Lamar's situation is. But I'm actually going to stick with the division that the Ravens play in, and I'll actually address your question. I'm going to look at the Browns here as the first one that caught my eye. I see the Browns win total for this season is currently at nine and a half and the unders minus 135. I'm taking the under. I know that you can make an argument that Watson will look better with a full offseason and training camp and maybe he'll look like the Watson of old. But you just said with Rodgers, I need proof to see he's in washed or I need to at least see it before I suddenly expect a lot of great things. I'm not expecting Cleveland to be a good team because besides the one year where they beat the Steelers in the playoffs and they lost to Kansas City, there's a franchise of just failure. There's really no other way around it. And even with Deshaun Watson playing last year, they really were fine at quarterback. I didn't think Brissett was that bad. The issue was the defense wasn't great and the coaching wasn't great and they found ways to blow games late. Now, they made some moves. They ended up getting Elijah Moore, for example, to have out the mm-hmm. receiving core. But I'm looking at this roster, and everyone's expecting Deshaun Watson to look like Texans Deshaun Watson. I'm going to wait and see. But nine and a half in one of the most difficult divisions in football does seem pretty high to me. I'm going to take Cleveland under nine and a half. All right. You have any thoughts on the Browns? Yeah, I think they're going to suck. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure Stefanski can coach, so I just don't. I just don't like the. I don't think that they just have a good roster at all. I think that it's just a ragtag bunch of guys, and Deshaun Watson's at the helm, and we don't know what we're getting out of him now. Mm-hmm. I I can only assume that he's going to be better in year two, coming off of a year off rather than year one. But he to didn't be fair, even he play all be of year one. Than year one, he, yeah, he wasn't very good one. when he played. Yeah, so I think that they will win the winnable games, but the games that challenge them, I think they're out of it. And that's that's what's going to really, really drive a win total down. And the problem you run into also is when you're in such a tough division year in, year out, you don't have many free wins in your division. And the Ravens, we don't know what the story is going to be. I'm assuming Lamar's going to get paid by Baltimore, but we don't officially know. But you're looking at the rest of the division – Cincinnati, very difficult. Baltimore, usually difficult, but we'll see what happens there. And Pittsburgh, 9-8, and eight, you know, they hung around and they went above 500 last year. That's not an easy division with a lot of free wins or any free wins. And if you can't beat up on any bottom feeders in your division, you're going to have a hard time going over your win total. Nine and a half, like I'm not picking Cleveland to have a winning record, let alone win 10 games. So that's the first hmm. one that jumped off the page to me. I am going. I mean. First of all, was that the same? Did you have that one on your list as well? Or you had separate? No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I got another one. Uh, well, uh, I I looked at it and said, yeah, I don't think that they're going to get it. But I didn't use that as one of my one my talking points. I'm just trying to figure out, and I think I'm just going to be early to the train. Brandon Staley doesn't make it another season. He doesn't make it another season. I I, I do not think he finishes this season. That this number is gonna, also at nine and a half. Yes. So the Chargers at nine and a half plus 105 on the under. I understand why, it's, why you have that. You have your poster child in Justin Herbert. You talk about all the defense every single year and all of this. Oh, they were injured and all. They were... When this team was healthy, they still weren't that good. Stefanski still blew games late. They they haven't. Staley. Ad- Staley, yeah, sorry. Uh, Brandon Staley still blew game. Got me thinking of Stefanski. Both of these guys suck. And so Brandon Staley still blew games late. He was terrible, overly aggressive at times, and that ended up being the detriment of their team. And then we talk about the pass catchers and Keenan Allen's moving on. Is is Mike Williams staying? 
Even if he is know. hypothetically staying, you assume he's going to miss a couple games. Like, <laughs> it's right? Austin Eckler sounds like he's moving on at some point. So you're basically gutting your offense, probably in preparation to pay your quarterback, which I understand. But although he quarter- still there, they restructured his deal, so he's still there. Okay, so he's staying. Yeah, they just changed his contract around. Yeah, but you're you're losing Austin Eckler, and now you're gonna have to figure out what you're what you're doing there. Probably gonna end up drafting a guy as they all as they always do every single year, draft a new running back that's supposed to be the next coming of Jesus, apparently in Los Angeles. I just don't have any optimism for this team at all whatsoever in terms of the coaching, in terms of the offense taking any stride forward. I think they're gonna be the same offense that they've been all this time. And we'll see what Kellen Moore does, very much so. But he's, again, he's probably losing his starting running back, which is going to be a big part of his offense. So we'll see how that goes. The defense, I think they have pieces, but they still got to put it all together. And I just think that this gets ugly before it gets pretty. And they always find a way to kill themselves out of a playoff spot. And nine wins is an easy way to kill yourself out of a playoff spot. I just think there's too many, there's way more opportunity for them to fold than for them to thrive. And so plus money, I, I like the Chargers to go under nine and a half. I think that I mean, of course, if I could find a ten and a half, I would feel a lot, lot better about this bet. But for the Chargers to go under nine and a half at plus one oh five, I think that's really good for plus money. And me just getting ahead of the curve of what I think is gonna be the storyline next season, and that is Brandon Staley sabotaging this Los Angeles Chargers team. Well, you said he doesn't. You don't think he makes it another year. So does that mean you think he lasts till the end of this season, or do you think no? He gets I don't. Fired I don't. Season? I think he's. He doesn't have anything to last for the rest of the season. You don't have a championship. You don't have a a division championship. You have nothing where they you can make it through the rest of the season. I think that they cut their ties through maybe halfway of the season, week six, seven, eight. They cut their ties. Kellen Moore is the interim head coach, and he ultimately takes the job next year. I can see that happening, but it's also similar to what I said about the Browns, which is you're in a very difficult division. So if, if you're not going to have many free wins in your division, you're assuming Denver is going to be better because they can't be much worse. And Sean Payton, I think, is going to help things out offensively. The Raiders might be bad, but you never know. You know, they can still potentially score points. We'll see what they do during the offseason. But there's not many free wins in that division either. And Staley, we know, is not afraid of punting games late with aggressive decision making. So I don't mind that play either, especially a plus money. All right, let's. You got another AFC team you want to throw out there? I do. I'm going to stick with the same division that you just mentioned. And of course, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I know it's going to be a very chalky play, but I'm on the over 11 and a half. If Mahomes stays healthy, they're going to win 12 plus games. Just happens every year. To read off the wins for the last couple of years for the Chiefs 14, 12, 14, 12, and 12. Reminder, they've only had two seasons with 17 games. So they've gone over this number in five straight years, even with only having 16 games in three of those five. This team's a machine. I mean, there's no way around it. They lost Tyree Kill. They won the Super Bowl anyway. You saw that Kelsey's still phenomenal. Mahomes won MVP. And you mentioned Staley's still a mess. You have the Broncos who got paid, which might help, but you still got to wait and see if Wilson has anything left in the tank. The Raiders might be in a full rebuild. But the Chiefs should be favored in virtually every game they play. So if they're going to be favored in almost every game and you're going to give me 11 and a half, that means if Mahomes stays healthy, they're probably winning at least 12 games, probably closer to 13 or 14. Give me the Chiefs over 11 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I had the Chiefs down as well. And I, I you're never going to get any quarrels from me, the president of the Patrick Mahomes fan club of the Chiefs being able to have a great season. It's like you're looking at the Patriots dynasty with with Brady and Belichick, and it's looking at the win total going, you know, when are they going to fall off? And you keep trying to wait it out, but it never happens until even the year that they ended up blowing it up at the end. They still won the division. They still made the playoffs and whatever. But the point is, you're looking Mm -hmm. at the Chiefs. Until I see this dynasty self-destruct, I'm not going to bet on it to self-destruct. This team is ridiculous every year. They even had some flaws, which they got through, uh, when they won the Super Bowl, and I'm assuming they're going to address those during the offseason. They did lose Juju. I don't really care that much, to be honest. They're going to any receiver is going to look good with Patrick Mahomes throwing them the ball and with Reed and 
with the offensive coaching staff just drawing a plays. So I still think the Chiefs are going to walk into 12, 13 wins. The only way you lose this, in my opinion, is is if Mahomes gets hurt. And if Mm. that happens, that could happen with any team with any win total. But would you agree that if Mahomes stays healthy, it's one of the safer bets you can make? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> like, of course. He, I mean, give me yeah, the over never, Yeah, yeah. Don't need any agreement from me. Of course, I'm all the way down on the Chiefs. All right. You have any others you have for the AFC, or I stole your second one with the Chiefs? No, I mean, you pretty much. I have others. I have others. So. Okay. I want to make this contingent. I mean, this might not even be contingent on that. I have no idea what the Colts are doing. I'm glad you brought it up because there are a couple of teams that still don't have an official starting quarterback, and we're not sure who it's going to be. Do we think Levis or any rookie quarterback is going to start for Indianapolis, or do we think they just give it to a veteran for a year? That's the... That is the the question. That is the million dollar question. The twenty thousand dollar question is: Does it matter? But we'll focus on who's going to be quarterback because they got Minshew. So maybe Minshew's going to start. And even if Minshew does start, Minshew is not somebody that I th- I would say because I'm gonna only give him half the season. And half of the season, I don't think he wins half of the games. And so maybe we get two, three max from Minshew in the first half of the season. Then they probably go to the other person, whether it's Richardson, whether it's Levis. It's probably going to be one of the two. I'm leaning more towards Levis. We're both leaning towards Levis. Yeah. This under at six and a half is at plus 115. I think that the only way this goes over is if they hit on their quarterback. Like that rookie quarterback, they hit on them. I think it's either and, they hit on their quarterback or the entire division is just so awful that they find ways to go like four and two in division, which I don't see happening. But just in theory, how they could pull off and over, they need the rest of their division to be really, really bad. I, I mean, but. Okay, so I, I the, the Jags are at ten and a half, so it's already just foregone that they're going to be the high point of the division, and they somewhat deserve that ten and a half. Yeah, uh, I mean the ten and a half is going to be inflated because their division once again is horrible. Besides, it, the you're Jaguars. basically saying you're basically saying that they're locked in for four and two for the division. Like yeah, they're locked in is four two or better, and so. But now I'm looking at it. We also have the Texans who don't have a quarterback. But I'm almost positive that no matter what quarterback the Texans end up with, they're probably going to be better than whichever quarterback the Colts end up with. I was going to say the Texans do have a quarterback. The question is, which one are they going to pick? Because they're going to take one with one of the first two. That's what I'm saying. So So. I, I can't tell you what quarterback they have right now, but I'm almost positive because they have the pick before the Colts. Unless the Colts end up, you know, trading up with Charlotte. Let's They're assume get that the Stroud and Young are off the board when the Colts pick. No, we yeah, we know that. Yeah, no, I'm no, saying it's not so... assumed. No, we're not assuming that at all. We know they are off the board by the time the Colts pick. There is no because I don't believe the Colts are trading with Charlotte. So it's either Richardson or it's Levis. And I just do not think that when we talk about head to head with what DeMarco Ryans has with that defense, that they are gonna like at the very least, they split with the Texans. Very least, they split with the Texans. They probably get swept by the Texans. And now it's the Titans. I don't know because I don't know what Malik Willis is going to do this year. Like this is this is a year off season, and then they're still talking about trading Derrick Henry. There's so many unknowns. But what I do know is that the Colts are getting the third slash fourth best quarterback on the board in the draft. They're probably not going to trust that quarterback off the rip and just throw them out of there. If it's Levis, I don't trust Steichen to have the offense that he needs that Levis, like to cookie cutter quarterback and put Levis directly into the limelight. 
And we know I, I can't see them. I can't see them getting seven wins. I, I yeah. truly like as I look at this schedule, I cannot pick out seven, like even close to seven wins. I think that the Colts are towards the bottom of the draft again this year, next year. And I'm also well, trying I, to look at their overall roster and thinking, how can they find ways to win games? Like, is their defense good enough to steal them some wins? You end up you have DeForest Buckner, who's fine. I mean, you're looking at the secondary. I mean, yeah, uh, that's are, are, you th- <laughs> are you thrilled with Kenny Moore? Are you thrilled with Isaiah Rogers? Like, I, I don't see m- much talent here. They had Gilmore, but they traded him to Dallas, so they they lost one of their best defensive backs. I don't see much talent on this defensive team. Ibukum, I don't mind for San Francisco, so him and Buckner, I think, are fine. But that's basically it. So if your offense is going to be mediocre at best, probably in the bottom half, and your defense might be in the same boat that has you picking probably towards the early portion of the first round next year. So I think I'm with you. I like the Colts under this team is really just yeah, not. And it's plus good. money. So that's two plus money, but it's plus plus one fifteen. I just, I mean, when I'm looking out of the out of comp, cause I'm just going to go ahead and pencil them in. I, so when I handicap win totals, I do. If I think you're a bad team, you're two and four in the division. I'm not, I don't care about what everybody else's division. I'm just going to put you at two and four. If I think that you're in the large middle of the pack and most teams, when I handicap, I just say you're three and three in division because the division can go any way for a lot of people. And then if you're like, you know, the Chiefs or even the 49ers, like if you're up at upper echelon, the Bengals, I gave four and two, everybody else four and two, you know, up there. So, I'm looking at them, and they're out of conference. You have the Ravens. I mean, they're out of division. The Ravens, the Pats. I think the only easy win in here is the Falcons. And that's not even an easy win because you're probably going to go to war with the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks. Yeah, you got the Bucks too, and that's a home game. So, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty decent spot. But, like. We, we might get to the Bucks later, but that might be a win for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I can't pick out seven wins. I can't pick out seven wins. This this just seems like a, a this is five, five and twelve written all over it. Four and thirteen. To yeah, yeah, very much so. All right. Before we get uh, before we continue moving on, let me talk to you about the official sponsor of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. WinBet Sportsbook is now active in Massachusetts along with a bunch of other states and be on the lookout for the win bet one hour each and every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. And you can bet on the final four here with win bet. Sign up today, receive special offer, bet $100, get $100 at limited to state availability. And of course, DJ's only parlay of the week where you can get $1,000 free credit if you hit the parlay with the longest odds. So much choose from all you have to do is head over to sports no winbet.com or download the winbet app offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 order and present in the state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and you have the sgp final four watch party going on this weekend this saturday youtube.com sports gambling podcast it's going to be prize giveaways live bets all of this stuff and if you entered the SGPN Masters Contest, they will be raffling off that winner during the Final Four Watch Party. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party to enter that contest and try to win a free three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world. And if you don't win the contest, you can go and get a discounted room at Circa Las Vegas using promo code SGP15. All right. Do you have anything else for AFC? Not really. Uh, I was wondering if you did, but I think that's basically the main two that I was looking at. We agree on the Colts. I wasn't for sure if I was going to officially give them out as a best bet, but you mentioned the out-of-division schedule. It's not great. I'd probably look at them too. Uh, the Jaguars, I think, are a little bit too high, but their division is so bad that I can't really make a play on it. I don't really see much else, but only other we'll, thing we'll have to reevaluate depending on the Ravens' quarterback situation. But if Lamar is not there, I like the under. We're gonna have to wait and see what happens with that team. I mean, I think the thing that there is to consider is the Miami Dolphins at nine and a half because 
we saw Tua with two brutal concussions last year. We know he has an injury history. Is there any possibility that Tua does not finish the season again? Well, when you say not finish the season, we'll start off with the basics. Does he play in at least, let's say, 13 games? I don't know. I don't know either. So I, I, I just I don't know if, I, if, if he gets if he takes one hard hit to the head again, are they going like, to be over overprotective? Yeah, there's As no room should. for error. Right. There's no room for error. Like there is no room for error. You cannot go through that again this next season. They and did so get Mike he, White, so they have a they have a decent backup quarterback option. But then again, Mike White has not played many games in his NFL career, so. I think that there's this. I think there's a serious look at Miami under nine and a half. I think there should be a serious. I'm not ready to pull pull the trigger on it just yet, but there's there should be a serious look at Miami not um, under nine and a half. It's also tough to to, to liken over or expect double digit wins for a team which everyone knows is the second best team in the division. I think we all agree Buffalo is still the best team in the division. So if you're expecting Miami to potentially get swept by Buffalo, we'll see. The Jets are going to be better. New England's probably not going to be great, but it's Belichick, so they could potentially find a way to sneak a game in there. There's also not many free wins in that division. So that's what, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just, if you assume the Jets are better, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I think Aaron Rodgers does make them better. Am I ready to go all in on that team yet? No, but I, I'm he definitely makes them better, and so there's a possibility that they're just as they were last year, as they were the year before that close to 500 ball club. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's going to be a sweat. Like I think that they might finish with nine or 10 wins. So it might fall right where the number is. I think, we, I think it's nine and eight on the dot. I think yeah. they're nine and eight on the dot. I could see All them right. being nine and seven in the final week of the season. And they have a shot. And we're sweating. And yeah. yeah. And we're sweating. That I can 100%. see. But I'm always here for a good sweat. I might do mm-hmm. it. Cause I'm here for a good sweat. All right, let's go to. Uh, the best conference, NFC. I'll let you kick things off. All right. Uh, so looking at the first choice here, it might annoy you, but I do like the number. I see the Cowboys at nine and a half. That You're feels a positive a little... Cowboys fan, so. That feels a bit short to me. I'm, I'm just saying. The Eagles, I think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Last year, they kind of just came out of nowhere and destroyed everybody. I think that they're going to fall back. We always see this. Teams make the Super Bowl. You have a couple people want to get paid Super more. Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, not even that. Also, just a power drain because there's like an inflation tax on paying. the Not having C.J. Gardner-Johnson this year is going to be tough. Yeah, but I'm saying, so I think Philly might take a step back. Dallas, I don't mind their offseason. Losing Schultz isn't fun. Uh, they lost Elliott, which is a massive upgrade, in my opinion, because I think Elliott is washed, and most people agree. Dallas still has a good overall roster. They got Gilmore, who's going to help out the secondary. They brought back Van Der Esch, so their linebacking core is fine. Their defensive line's fine. Dak also missed some games. I know that they were decent without him, but let's be real. They're, Dak's a better quarterback than any backup that they would have instead. I think nine and a half's a bit short for Dallas. I'm going to lean over. I see that team winning 10 or 11 games. Isn't Brian Schottenheimer the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys? Isn't that the guy Urban Meyer hired? In theory, I think they brought him in, but they said that McCarthy is going to potentially call plays, which for better or worse, but Dallas with I, all yeah. of the but Dallas with all of the issues that they had last year and Dak being injured and everyone tries to make fun of Dallas because they haven't won anything in a long time. They still won 12 games. The Giants were good last year. They went 9-7-1. and one. Washington went 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. And Dallas still won 12 games. Doesn't 9.5 feel a little bit short? Especially with Philly potentially taking a step back. Mm, not for me. I think so. A little much. I just... Said they won 12 the, Do you think the offense looks... The offense doesn't look any better this year. And I... I mean, I guess we'll see if they end up drafting... Uh, Robinson in the draft, but I mean, you're hitching your horse to Tony Pollard who can't play an entire season. He's also off an injury, but I I think that they could find a, I I tell you what, the biggest keep 
for Dallas this offseason was keeping Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator. Because he's a hell yeah, of a coordinator. 100%. He's you can roast very, him for the 28-3 choke job in the Super Bowl, but he's a hell of a coordinator. No, he's a terrible head coach. So, he's a good coordinator. There's I a can't lot say of he's a terrible are... head coach. They made the Super Bowl. Like, I'm not nah, going to suddenly say that he's awful because of one really bad second half. No, but, uh, no. I mean, is, no. I mean, his, I'm, his the tenure of his career as a head coach was just – I mean, they had a good run, but there's been a lot of coaches that have had good runs that aren't good head coaches. The point that I'm trying to say is that keeping Dan Quinn should help keep the defense intact. I think the offense will be good enough. They also won a playoff game last year, and they ended up losing to the Niners, who are a good team. So I'm not going to fully roast them for what happened. But I think the Cowboys as a whole are a pretty solid all-around team. I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl or anything. I'm not picking them to make the NFC title game. But to win 10 games in the regular season with 17 games, I think that's definitely reasonable. I like the over nine and a half. Mm, I'm on under. What do you think they finish with nine wins? If they fall apart, not yeah, not. I think I think they're a seven to nine win ball club. I I just don't. I think that there's gonna be without Kellen Moore, and I think it was a lot of a lot of like Kevin Moore was just a scapegoat of the offense, and I don't think the offense is gonna be this good. I already I already think that they have decent enough pieces. I I just don't think that the offense is gonna be good, and I'm not trusting Mike McCarthy, who hasn't called plays in how long to just get back in the saddle and this be an all-world offense that's able to carry them? Because I think, no. I They'll have a solid defense, but no. Uh, I'm not I'm not bought in on the Cowboys' offense at all. I just think that they're going to be a good defensive ball club. I think if you look at the talent on the team, that's an 11-12 win team. I'm hoping McCarthy isn't worth negative three wins. And I didn't think McCarthy was that bad last year for the record. It's different because he's gonna be calling plays now, but I didn't think he was that bad. Yeah, I think that's I think that's worse because now he's focusing on calling plays instead of all the other things he should be doing as a head coach that he already couldn't do properly when he wasn't calling plays. It's a fair point. I'm just saying people are gonna say McCarthy's, you know, awful. I don't think he's good, but last year I actually thought he wasn't that bad. No. All right. Yeah, I think he's a, more of a hindrance and than they're willing to realize. And I think this might be the season where he has to do a lot more because they got rid of Kellen Moore, who, you know, people thought was going to be the heir to the organization at one point. Definitely think that they're going to uh, regret that move. I am. I mean, I'll just go ahead and kick off the talk. Tampa wins like three games. I was going to say Tampa under was the second play I was going to give out. Yeah, Tampa wins like three games, maybe. You got Baker and, and a very, very old roster. That's not a good combo. You lost pieces on the defense. That was your pride and joy. You probably don't even have the second best defense in the division anymore, honestly. And even probably... the defense or pieces that they have, or just I said that it's an aging core. Like you, you can't even assume that the name guys that they have, the name brand guys, are going to be anywhere near as good as they used to be. There, I... Todd Bowles be getting the shit into the stick sometimes, man. I, I also don't think he's a good coach. It's, it's he's in an unfortunate. He's a much better coordinator. But... He's he is very much in an unfortunate situation, but he's. And that's probably why uh, old boy got up out of there when he did, because he knew. He knew. he's The writing was on the wall. I feel like when some coaches, like a Tomlin, for example, no matter how bad the roster is, or like a Belichick, they'll find ways to nickel and dime an extra few wins every season. I don't think Bowles is capable of doing that. Mm. And this roster is so bad that I don't think they'll be able to find ways to miraculously win an extra two, three games. Why would you want to? Why would you want to? Um, there's no chance Baker's going to start more than like eight games. I would I, look who's coming down the pipeline. Caleb Williams. Why would you want to win games this season? You should want this to be a bad season. Mm-hmm. You should want to go get they. They probably are the team that's in the mix to go get Caleb Williams. Uh, this is under six. I don't even know how this is six and a half. It's another bad seven division. wins. Seven for this team, really. Saying the other argument just the fact that it's a bad division, so you're hoping they could find a way to win a couple division games, but I'm not sure they can. Not to mention Baker, besides not being great, has also been injured a lot. Their offensive line was atrocious last year. They had a lot of injuries, so we'll see how they look when they're healthy, but the point is I'm not sold on Baker 
at this stage in his career, after all the injuries and just from what we've seen the last couple of years, he's a turnover machine. The defense isn't as good as it used to be. They have good weapons in theory, but I don't like the offensive line and I don't like the coaching staff. So I like the under as well. This team has five and 12 written all over it for me. I'm on the under. And even Tom Brady and all his washness last year, I know he accounts for more than one game because they won eight games last year. Now you're telling me they're going to win seven. They won the division and they had a losing record. So they weren't even good to begin with. And you, you have to assume the rest of the division can't be this bad. No, the the Panthers are clear way better than them. I think they are. And that is, and, and that's and actually my next, I'll just go ahead and let that segue into my next pick because the Carolina Panthers over seven and a half because the Bucks suck. The Bucks suck. And the, Freaking Falcons suck. It's the Panthers and the Saints. And you're telling me that a seven and a half? Like you're like, it's this is not this division is not this close. You have the Bucks at six and a half, the Falcons at seven and a half, the, Pan, the Panthers at seven and a half, and then the Saints at nine and a half. This division is not this close. Do you like the move hiring Frank Reich? I don't think it was terrible. I, I don't. I, I I have my own thoughts that you know. Teams are afraid to go out there and take a chance on a new head coach or somebody that probably can actually do the job. That's not coming out of the Sean McVay, Shanahan coaching tree. To be fair, they did try to experiment with a college coach with the rule, and that was one of the worst coaching contracts in modern NFL history. So. They tried. They went for an old, reliable option. It worked for the Jaguars. Doug, they got Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson ended up, you know, helping fix some things, providing I think, some stability. I think they folded in the fact of they had the chance to – because, I mean, they probably might not have known that they were trading up for the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. But now you have the chance to bring in a rookie number one overall pick at quarterback, and you could have had Eric Bietemi as your head coach getting that quarterback ready for the league you know and now it's frank wright who has proven multiple times that you know i think he's pretty mad yeah like very very and he had that one year with carson wentz and it was literally one year with carson wentz Mm -hmm. so but is i think that stroud or young is probably gonna be stroud is way better than Baker slash Trask, way better than Ritter, because clearly the Falcons aren't going to get another quarterback. I don't think Ritter is good. I've said it several times. I don't think he's actually accurate with the ball, but I'm going to ask you with Stroud, though. Besides the usual rookie slumps or struggles that we see, do you think Stroud is a project quarterback, or do you think he's actually ready to contribute as a rookie? That's a big question. He's going to play. Yeah, I think he can because yeah, he's going to be the he first is. pick. But I think he can contribute. I mean, I think he can contribute. And I think that the Carolina the actually has the team around him for him to contribute. Now, of course, you would have liked to see, you know, a DJ Moore still there, some better mm-hmm. pass catchers. But you bring in a Adam Thielen. You got DJ Chark there as well. Like you have some veteran guys that can catch the ball and. It may not be the big playmakers that people want, and it's still again we still have a whole draft for them to go and figure something out as well. But I just in in a division where I think that the Falcons and the Bucks are both going to be fighting for Caleb Williams this next year. How do they not get to seven, eight wins? Like you can sleepwalk into eight wins mm-hmm. with the two teams in the division being like that bad, projected to be that bad. You can sleepwalk into eight wins on accident. On accident, get eight wins. I, I have to throw a look at the Carolina Panthers here at seven and a half. I think you have to throw a look anyway because Carolina went seven and ten. They switched coaches midseason. They had Sam Darnold starting for the last couple of, of weeks or months, and they were fine. I feel like they found a recipe. And that it's they still Andy now. Dalton. Like, for all the things that Andy Dalton is, he is. At the very least, at the very least, he gets you a couple of games. I don't think he was great last year, but he was no, he's, fine. He hasn't been he hasn't been great in years. But I'm he's, saying you're comparing he him to Baker you. and to and to he's Darnold. Definitely, he's an upgrade. 
He so if we take if out of the quarterbacks that we know in the division right now, he's better than Trash, better than Baker, better than Ritter. Apparently, he's better than Jameis. It's just Derek Carr. He's the second best quarterback in the division right now. He's the second best quarterback in the division right now. I mean, it's all right. What's your second team? So, uh, my second pick, I thought about going to that division, but that division might just be a bloodbath. So I think I'm going to stay away from that one. Um, okay. Well, let me just see what I'll, I thought about the saints under nine and a half. Cause that feels a little bit high. Cause I really don't like their head coach at all, but I don't know if I actually want to pull the trigger on it. Do the Cardinals are at five and a half. I mean, I don't know how long Kyler is going to be out for, though, so I, I can't really touch that. Um, what do I actually like? Sorry, I'm I'm just uh, quickly looking mm-hmm. to see if I'm tempted by anything. I really didn't find much in the NFC I was a big fan of. I see the Bears at seven and a half. That feels a little high to me. Like I know that the I know the division just lost Aaron Rodgers. The Packers weren't good last year. They didn't make the playoffs. The Bears had moments with Justin Fields, and I think that they showed some signs. And then you look at how they did last year in terms of their win loss record. They didn't win a game for the final two three months. So I don't know how good this team's actually going to be. Now they did get some extra assets by trading down. I'm not sure how good they're going to look, but they won three games last year. They lost each of their last, was it four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? They lost each of their last 10 games. I'm, I'm leaning Bears under. I, I can't make a case for them to go over when I think that they need help at a ton of positions. Fields people like. I'm still not sure if he's a good actual quarterback or just a good athlete. So we're going to have to see how that goes. I'm going to lean under on the Bears. Seven and a half feels pretty high for a team that won three games last year, and they need a lot of help at a lot of positions. Now, DJ Moore is going to help with the receiving core, obviously, and maybe they can draft a couple of immediate impact players. I got to see more from Fields. Besides a couple of flashy runs, he really wasn't great last year in the pocket, and that's where I'm going to hope he shows signs of improvement. But the Vikings should be decent. Green Bay, I think, should still be decent. I don't think they're going to be awful. Like I think they'll be fine. And the Lions are projected to win the division. So is Chicago the worst team in this division? Probably. I think seven and a half is too high. I'm going to take the Bears under. Do you think the Bears are the worst team in this division, even with Rodgers being gone? Because I think Green Bay still might be better than them. No. You think the Bears are better than the Packers? Yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah. And Do Do you think they win eight games? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm going to lean under. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, it's even money spends, on the under. So who's? I'm trying to figure out who spent the most. I, I'm pretty sure it's the Bears that spent the most this offseason so far. I'm just going to quickly pull up. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. They had chart. the most available cap space. So, yeah, they signed. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards at linebacker, Nate Davis, uh, Deontay Foreman's in there as well, Robert Tunyon. So they added added a bunch of pieces. But the really the big thing in is just the history of being the biggest spender in the offseason. Because that that came true for the Jags last year, and they go over their win total and have a pretty solid solid year, and which equals to spending money equals success in the NFL. And I I've always circled that team that was the biggest spender every offseason. And this year I'm pretty sure I can't find the exact number right now, but I'm pretty sure it's the Bears. Bears and have the most cap space. I'm not sure how much of it they spent, but they did have the most cap space entering the offseason. And that's why I think it that's why I think it was them because they're pretty uh they're pretty tapped out right now. Uh they still got a lot of space, but you know they, they still I, I just think that the additions that they have adding the linebackers, you still want to see, you know, the secondary come into play here at a second. They got some added weapons on offense. But they added they added Nate Davis as an offensive lineman. I expect to see them draft offensive linemen in the draft. They've already traded 
you know, the first overall pick and they're starting to really, really, you know, get extra picks. I think that they'll trade down again, honestly. I think they'll take an offensive lineman with the ninth pick, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure they'll take offense. It's just do they take it at nine or do they trade back and get some more picks and really help bolster that roster, which, again, you said there's holes in a lot of places. But it seems like they're filling the holes. Like, it's not like they're not doing anything. Like, it seems like they're filling the holes. And so I I think that the talent of Justin Fields showed us last season that he can keep them in games and, you know, a little bit better of a defensive effort a couple of times probably would have secured them more wins than what they had, which was, what, three, four last year? Yeah, but uh, I, won, they won two of the first three games. So they lost 13 of the last 14 games. Yeah. I think that I think it could be – I think it, this is one of those teams where it's similar to the Jags last year and every other team that is really bad but become a big spinner in the offseason. And everybody's like – you know, it happened last year with the Jags. Everybody said, oh, they spent all this money, but who did they spend it on? Well, the people they spent it on actually made a really, really big contribution over the course of that year. And now you add DJ Moore in a trade as well that gives him a really, really good safety blanket. Like when he's in trouble, mm-hmm. gives him a really, really good safety blanket. Like I don't think people are underestimating how good of a receiver DJ Moore actually is. And so I think, I think that – with a good draft, this Bears team is definitely an eight-win ball club. For uh, me, at the very I'm, least. I'm kind of just putting where my money where my mouth is because I don't think Justin Fields is very good, and I'll die on that horse. So we'll see what happens. He might prove me wrong, but he can run around a lot, which might result in an injury or two, so we'll see if he stays healthy for the entire season, which is a separate concern. But I do think at the end of the day – You know, you I do- really don't like that narrative. That because a lot it, of quarterbacks get injured no matter how mobile you are. N- no, but in because they ju- they're they're talking about it a lot with Lamar Jackson recently. But a lot of times these mobile quarterbacks aren't even getting hin- injured on mobile pl- like running plays. That's what I was saying. A lot plays. of the injuries it's like somebody rolled up or... on them. Yeah, it's somebody rolled up on them in the pocket or something like that. But a lot of the time they're not even getting injured on because they're so fast and they're so good that they're not even getting hit. They're getting out of bounds or sliding. Yeah, I, I like, just brought it up because Fields missed five games two years no, ago. No, no, it's just missed, a pet peeve of mine. It's just a pet peeve last year. So it's just a pet peeve of mine that I'm like, everybody's like, oh yeah, their style of play is like, no, that's a that's a tired narrative that actually has no merit because I'm only they're not getting hurt. I'm only bringing it up because Fields' backup quarterbacks are PJ Walker and Nate Peterman. So they might bring somebody else in, but if Fields gets hurt, they're screwed. That's kind of the point that I was saying. Yeah, so I'll, think... I'll look at the under seven and a half. For me, it's even money. I'll dare Fields to prove me wrong. I like the over. Over seven and a half for the Bears. I think this is the, as the massive spending uh, trend has shown in previous years, that results in a cash and over of the win total. And I actually think Justin Fields is a pretty solid quarterback. All right. Let's talk about underdog fantasy because you can go ahead and start doing your best ball drafts now. Plenty of people have started. I think Sean and Ryan are in best ball draft seven coming up or eight, one or the other. They're coming up. Either way, you can still use best ball. I mean, underdog fantasy right now in March Madness and use the college pick'em contest. They have a whole bunch of player props as well. You have NBA, NHL, all this other stuff. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. To round out the NFC. I think there's one more I'm kind of tempted by, but it is pretty juicy, but I'll let you go. No, you go ahead. I'm looking at the commanders. We're at seven and a half. It is pretty juiced to the under. It's like minus 150. But I think I have to like the under with that team. Are we sure Sam Howell's actually good enough to be an NFL quarterback? Because he's supposed to be their alleged starter. We saw him briefly last year. They beat mm-hmm. Dallas. Truth is, Howell didn't do anything. Dak just had one of the worst games he's ever played, and the Cowboys couldn't move the ball. But I don't like their quarterback situation. Ron Rivera, he could have made an argument. Maybe he should have been fired during the offseason. I really don't think he did a good job last year, but 
are they the worst team in the division? I think we'd agree that they are. Mm-hmm. So seven and a half. I know they won eight games last year, but I don't like that. I just don't like their team. I, I don't think that they're a, a good roster. Everyone's going to wait to see if Chase Young plays this year after he kind of led people on for a month or two, but he hasn't played in a year, so we'll see how he looks. But you have Sam Howell at quarterback. Once again, not a big fan. We'll see how he looks, but from what I saw last year, wasn't impressed. They got Brissett, who maybe is going to be the backup, who might start a couple games, so we'll see what happens there. The offensive line's not great. I like the receivers. Their defense is fine, I guess. Like I don't think it's a great defensive unit. I'm gonna. I like the Commanders under seven and a half. Does feel a little bit high for the worst team in a division. I'm gonna go with the under. I'm not willing to pull the trigger one way or the other on the Commanders right now because I'm curious on because Sam Howe could be really good. But from what I saw, I was not overly impressed. Yeah, I mean, he could be, he could, and you gotta look, it's enemy coming in that system as well, and now is about to start putting his touch on that offense, and I think he can, you know, transform an offense, so I, I'm not, I, I gotta see it to believe it, I'm not willing to put anything on the commanders, because this could up, be dude. the same thing as last year, where the NFC East is one of the best divisions in football. Yeah, I'm just bringing it up because, once again, Sam Howell's a projected starter, and their win total seven and a half. If you want to fade the unproven quarterback and use that angle, I don't mind it at seven and a half. The Giants are at eight and a half at plus money. I figured you're going to bring them up first, to be honest. No, best for last. Okay. You're on the over, so lay out your case. I mean, what's the case for the what's the case for the under? The case for the under would be that the Giants won a bunch of close games to start the year last year, and they kind of fell off late. So you're making an argument that they came out and kind of jumped up and bit some teams. They surprised some teams. Now they might not be overlooked, so they might struggle a bit more. I'm not sure if I buy that narrative, but that's I'm assuming that's the argument people are going to make. So they fell off after they got a bunch of injuries to their roster, like any other kind of. People are going to look at how they did in the first – I mean, you can say that about any team. Any team, Correct. if you if you lose half of your roster to an injury, then you're gonna fall off. Like I'm I can say, say that's that the about main any argument team. people are gonna make. They're gonna say, "Well, look at the second half last." Okay, year. great. Then there's no good argument for why the Giants don't get eight and a half wins because that's not a good argument. Yeah, I don't think it's a good argument either. But I I'm not sure if they're gonna get there. But I do think at plus money, Dable I also think is a top five coach in the league. So I just mentioned how some coaches find ways to win more games than their team should. I mentioned it with Tomlin, mentioned it with Belichick. We've seen this around the league. You can make an argument on how many games the Giants should have won last year, but Dable has to be worth at least two, three wins. Guy's a hell of a football coach. I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, okay, the glaring hole is wide receiver, but you can you can effectively, with a good draft pick in the first round, completely nullicate that that hole right there. And I'm like, so when they draft injuries too, like Wondell Robinson barely played because he got hurt. So yeah, that's Sterling thing. Shepard's coming back, and I don't know how long he's gonna like last, it. but I hope he stays healthy for once. But he gets hurt every year. It's a shame because he's a good player. Yeah, you got Hodgins. Like you just need that person to take the top off the defense. That last person to take the top off defense. Uh, Smith and Jigma. Yeah, freaking, it's it's plenty of. I, I'm just. I mean, I'm not even – I'm just looking at the line. I think the Giants – I think that they're a 10-win club. I think that it should have been nine and a half, and, you, and, you forced to, and you're forced to say, hey, are they a 10-win team or not? I think that's an easier argument than, oh, do they just get above 500? And like, Daniel Jones got paid a bunch of money. A lot of people are – He didn't get paid a bunch contract. of money. He's actually making $19 million this year. I'm just saying in general, Jones was fine last year. Him and Dable have a rapport. He's worked well on the overall system. Does he struggle against good teams? Yes. A decent amount of quarterbacks struggle against good teams. Doesn't mean anything. But against against bad teams, do I think that Jones is good enough to perform well against bad defenses? Yes. He proved it last year. So I think he's good enough to lead a pretty solid overall roster to nine or ten wins. 
Thibodeau also missed a couple games last year. You, I know that you kept talking about how the secondary got hurt all the time at the end of the year, and their pass defense fell apart. But I think they're good enough to win nine or ten. So yeah, I think I think eight and a half at plus money that does feel kind of generous for the over. So they're playing the AFC West. You That's get not the Rams. Great. You get mm, hold on because you get the Cardinals on the road. Cardinals notoriously bad home team, and they're going to be terrible this year. You get the Rams and the Seahawks at home. If you want the Seahawks anywhere, you get them at home. So last time they came out our way, we gave them an L, mm-hmm. and they were a significantly better team at that point. The Rams are probably going to be decent, maybe. Who's quarterback over there again? Assuming Stafford even stays healthy. That's a whole separate can of worms. And then you got a road game against 49ers. Okay, cool. I'll give you that. You play the AFC East. So you get Belichick coming to you. Of course, you know, well, we're technically the home game in the Jets game. And you're going on the road to Miami and Buffalo. Now, if you play Miami in Miami early in the season, I think that is kind of tough. But yeah, towards the end of the season, uh, I, I like us 100 times out of 100. By the way, how early are you playing Arizona? He don't know. The, the week oh, they haven't yet. officially announced that. I'm yeah, saying because no. Kyler might miss the first half of the year. So keep that in mind. Yeah, so like they're even in that. So you have a home game against Green Bay. And you so you get – the what the we get the third place teams so you get green bay new orleans and the raiders i think one of the overlapping themes that we haven't really talked about but we've indirectly mentioned the nfc not great as an overall conference the afc significantly better can we agree on that yeah overall i think i really think it's just the i i think that in the nfc is the nfc east I guess yeah, but I'm, I'm saying and a then, lot of people have seen the quarterback rankings and all the great quarterbacks are in the AFC and you throw in Hurts occasionally in the NFC. But the point is, if you want to take the Giants or some of these NFC teams, if your quarterback is even decent, you yeah, have an advantage over like half of your yeah. half of your I mean, the, the Lions are probably going to be good. Like it's it's the 49ers. Goff's, the top. Goff's arguably a top five quarterback in the NFC. Like That's how bad the, the quarterback situation is in the NFC. It's... It's the 49ers at the top. It's the entire NFC East. And then sprinkle the Lions wherever you want to sprinkle them in. And that's about it. So Pretty much. I, I don't see how this team doesn't win nine games. That is an utter failure of a season if this team doesn't win nine games. So give me eight and a half plus 105. Yeah, give me eight and a half plus 105. Like, you you win. You're, you're, a, you're a better team than you are last year. And would, so, yeah. You're a better team than you are last year, and you even tied last year. Like, you don't tie every single year. I'd consider staying away from it until I saw the plus money. The plus money is pretty tempting. Like, that should be minus 120, in my opinion, to the over. Kramer, man, me and Kramer about to start the Die Hard Giants podcast. Y'all stay tuned. Stay tuned for the Die Hard Giants podcast. All right, let's go ahead, and because we are about to hit our time. What's your favorite one? All right. Uh, my favorite one, I know they lost B enemy, but I got to stick with it. I'm taking the Chiefs. It's at 11 and a half. I said before they've gone over in five straight years. They've only had two years of 17 games, so they, they've been going over regularly. We have issues with the coaches at in the division. Sean Payton, good coach. I'm curious what Russell Wilson has left in the tank. He also hasn't coached in a couple of years, so we'll see if he's rusty. We think Staley's bad, and we think McDaniel stinks. So you're looking at Reed. You're looking at Mahomes. You're looking at a team that just won the Super Bowl. This team walks into 12, 13 wins every year, maybe 14. Usually you have to go into Arrowhead and win a playoff game or two because they have home field in the playoffs. I see that happening again. Give me the over 11.5 at around minus 110 for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll take the Colts under six and a half. I, I, I'm I getting plus money for a team that I think is probably in the a Caleb Williams race. Yeah, yeah they're, in a, they're in the Caleb Williams race. I don't know what – I mean, Gardner Minshew looked decent on the best – behind the best offensive line in football. Yeah. So, 
I am. I'm really, really good. I don't think Char- Gardner for the record, he was decent good. for one game. It was against Dallas. He was horrible against the Saints the next week. People forget I, about that. Yeah. So, give me. I, I think any quarter, any quarterback situation that they bring in is not going to be that good. They're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the division. If I think you're going to be one of the worst teams in an already bad division, that just tells me that screams that you're a three-four win ball club. So, Colts under six and a half. Scott, anything else for people before we get up out of here? Not really. It was fun. Looking forward to the draft. I'm sure we'll have more props coming out soon as, you know, we see any trades or anything that happens. But as of right now, a lot of other sports going on. Of course, you got the NBA, got NHL, baseball officially started. Uh, Got my tennis podcast as well. Tennis is basically a year-round sport. So a lot of sports going on. Find all the content at SGPN. All right. And... uh... He's at Rush Hour Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. Make sure you follow us at SGPN NFL. It's at the top of the screen. And on YouTube at NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube. That's it. Other than that, really don't have... Oh, wait. Leave reviews. If you're not already, make sure you leave a review. And don't be a coward. Yeah, don't don't end your week being a coward. Leave a review when you listen to this. Other than that, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. I'm just going to end it like this. We are out of here.